0: Connecting, growing, and gaining opportunities together. Welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. I'm Michelle Bouchard, your host for today's show. Businesses around the globe are trying to do more with less. Our staff here talks with tribes throughout the country who are all trying to get back to work to recover revenue, to reopen under new rules and regulations, and to try and figure out how to operate an effective business in this unsettled economy. The majority of organizations are doing this by reducing their budgets. Now, as a leader in your business, you no doubt have been down this road before. But today, I'd like you to think about taking this task and turning it into an opportunity to make creative changes that can deliver a real, lasting organizational impact. Instead of simply following the typical slashing of the usual budget items like travel, training, and projects, why not look into something different? Consider something new, a new solution that changes the way you reduce your costs. Recently, our tribal value partner, Virtual Procurement Services, commonly referred to as VPS, hosted a webinar with our TribalWise division. VPS has effectively put dollars back into budgets with their services that cost nothing to put in place. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Their technology procurement and analytics process are proven to help tribes across the country save millions. During the webinar, Fred Brown, who is the CTO for VPS, and John Torres, who is the VP of Service Delivery for BPS, reviewed the keys to utilizing a proper procurement strategy, to reduce and recover technology costs, optimize purchasing processes, and improve organizational collaboration. While the webinar is focused on IT spend, the methods discussed, including the effective strategic planning, vendor technology management, and procurement risk management, can be applied to all aspects of your community, including tribal healthcare, tribal schools, education, tribal recreational facilities, etc. We put a few highlights of their webinar together for you to take a listen to today, and so you could get a feel for what they could do to help out your business. Take a listen.
1: I'm Fred Brown, CTO for Virtual Procurement Services. And with me today is John Torres, who oversees service delivery for our gaming and hospitality group. So John's gonna be talking about who VPS is and what we do later, but I do wanna provide just some quick backdrop on myself and then the genesis of this presentation, uh, just so you understand kind of what went into the, the making of it. So for myself, I've been in technology my entire career spent the first 13 years in technology consulting across various industries, energy, insurance, healthcare, education, and serving a variety of size clients from small to medium-sized businesses to Fortune 100 clients. You know, even launched a successful tech consulting startup in the early 2000s. Then in 2006, I seized an opportunity within tribal gaming and hospitality at Mohegan's Pennsylvania location. And from there, enjoyed an amazing 13-year journey, eventually becoming Mohegan's corporate CIO. Leading talented teams and working with great tribal IT leaders through some great times, property openings, expansions, and even the ground to build of, of a global corporate IT group as we grew from three properties to nine pretty quickly, while at the same time navigating some tough times like recessions, like regional competition. Along that journey, you know, I, I came across some great partners, you know, really none like VPS, who had such a unique and passionate approach and were key in surviving some of those tough times. Now, don't get me wrong. When I first met the VPS team, I couldn't imagine anything they could do for me differently because I already felt like I was getting the best pricing that I could. You know, I was a master negotiator. You know, what else could they do? But they, they really did quickly prove me wrong. There's so much more they were able to do and we quickly became so much more efficient in our spend with them as a partner. Oh, and by the way, you know, saving and recovering literally millions on our tech spend. So when I decided last year to, again, pursue my consulting passion, I reached out to Scott Robbins to see how we could combine my experience that I just talked about with VPS's success with their procurement services to even further help the tribal community. And what we came up with is a technology advisory practice That really perfectly complements VPS's core services to provide a holistic view of IT spend. The best part about that is that we figured out a way to do it where we could offer this technology advisory practice that I now lead at no charge to our customers. So any of the things I cover where I mentioned that VPS could help, that would be complementary to our procurement services. I have to say I'm, I'm really excited about that and the opportunity to help out other tribes with this offering. Being on this side for some time now, I've learned that there's really an art and a science behind procurement and vendor management, and it's all about doing things differently than you've always done. So in that spirit, this presentation is, is going to show you some other things that you might consider doing differently in order to optimize your IT environment and ultimately reduce your IT spend. So jumping into IT strategy, we're going to talk about three things here. First thing is minimalizing your technology debt through things like uh, rationalization projects, We'll cover keys to an effective roadmap and why that's important. And then we'll also talk about effective forecasting and budgeting from an IT spend standpoint. And most importantly, how to tie your strategy to your budget. Starting with the first one, so rationalizing your technology. So we'll take a step back. So what happens? Over time, as you know, technology debt piles up. It happens because you get busy with operations, management changes, shadow IT might be happening, budgets fluctuate, there's a whole myriad of reasons. When you add to that conditions like we have today, with less people, less money, less time, yet you know, typically more on your plate, it becomes almost impossible to go back and reevaluate. You know, it's like pushing a boulder up a mountain. So you do whatever you need to, granted with 110% effort, but in the background with a whole host of inefficiencies um, kind of lurking, which sometimes eventually leads to that you know dangerous mantra of, well, we've always done it like that. So what does that create? From an IT standpoint, this is a list of just some examples of what it kind of creates in the background. Unused infrastructure and cloud sprawl. So desktop switches, cloud compute resources, storage that might be sitting out there being used, that you're paying maintenance on, that you're powering, that you're cooling, but again, have no function currently in your organization. Legacy applications and hardware, which we know require more care and feeding, they have higher hardware costs. They lack some of the advanced functionality that you could be saving money with. Customizations that kind of pile up over time are very costly from a care and feeding standpoint. And again, the list goes on. So when you think about it, can you really afford the people and the money that it takes to support all of that? Or are you better off kind of taking a step back and going through what's called the technology rationalization exercise or project? And what that is is you know like it says here it's, it's looking end to end at everything technology related in your organization with the goal of streamlining it reducing the complexity and ultimately lowering your your it spend and your total cost of ownership so again we're only focused on the tools portion today you know other rationalizations would also look at, at people and process so just just keep that in mind i've done many of these both as a cio and consulting for clients and I can tell you, it's one of the single most important exercises you could do in order to optimize your IT group. I've seen literally millions of saved by executing on the findings. And the other good news is it creates a great foundation and process as you move forward for containing the debt long term. So here's a glimpse at how we run them for clients and, and how I've successfully done them in the past. It's like any IT project where you're going to want to spend some time up front planning it. Think about what you need to capture. Think about how you're going to capture it, how you're going to classify it. You know, whether it's classified by business need, by category. Do you need to go out and capture licenses and contracts and all the things around technology? Because of that, because it could be a pretty detailed exercise, you may want to think about an IT asset management tool or check your existing tool sets where you may have this functionality. But honestly, for this, even a spreadsheet will do. The next part is actually going out. This is kind of the meat of it. And it's discovering everything that's out there, technology related, every bit and piece throughout your organization. And again, not just the gaming and the gaming operations, not just the tribal services, but try to do it as holistically as possible. There's two parts to this discovery. First part, like I said, is pretty obvious and that's just going out and discovering everything you have. There's a second equally important part that a lot of people miss. And that's going out and talking to the key stakeholders that are using this technology on a regular basis. Interview them like a process analysis exercise. Figure out what pieces they're using, what's efficient, what's inefficient. Are they properly licensed? Do they struggle with anything? Ask the hard questions and ask why as many times as you need to to get to those root answers. You know, it's interesting because it kind of parallels the same discussions we have with our clients when we're evaluating contracts for savings or recovery. And it's indicative of just how important it is to to get to those answers. The next piece is once you have all that discovery complete, you're going to want to gather that raw data and then consolidate it to either that IT asset management tool that we talked about or that your spreadsheet. Once it's somewhat validated at this point, to quote a construction term, you could snap your baseline. And if nothing else, what you have right now is a great current inventory and current state of IT, which obviously can be so useful in so many other ways. But because it's a rationalization exercise, now the fun begins, so to speak. Because what you're going to do is you're going to go into the analysis phase and deeply evaluate all of these results. And what we're looking for is pretty much everything I covered in this list. So we're done in applications, unused gear, unused licenses, customizations, process inefficiencies identify it, document it, make sure you validate it with all those folks that were involved in the original discovery, and then start thinking about and documenting the future state and how you're going to improve those things, whether it's sunsetting applications, doing migrations, making some network changes, putting in process improvements where you need it. And then the final phase is obviously executing. Obviously, if there's low-hanging fruit, by all means, go ahead and correct it. If you could shut gear off, if you could terminate the maintenance, if you can you know, kind of correct licensing quickly, then do it. But your longer term efforts, you're going to want to think about documenting and then incorporating it into your strategic planning. But like I said before, this is something that VPS can help run or help you kind of strategize towards it. And again, it would be at no charges as part of our procurement services. And we have a ton of great examples of successes from this. And again, the, the reduced IT spend, it, it can translate into. At this point, your roadmap should be in a position to drive your budget cycles, which is key. You now have a clear path for the next couple of years about how and when your IT spend will hit. And if your strategy is driving your budget cycle, you can predict and anticipate, which means you can better plan and negotiate. And obviously, downstream of that, it means reduced IT spend. Now here, we're not talking about the procurement cycle. That's a separate kind of art of understanding and navigating the vendor side of the equation. And again, that's kind of what we do at VPS. This is the annual budgeting cycle, and that's what I'm talking about, making sure to, to link to your roadmap. This is that annual yearly event that you scramble to piece CapEx needs together, oftentimes in silos. On the OpEx side, you add 5% year over year. You go through a couple iterations with finance, cuts happen, and you land on a number that you think is right. Obviously, a dangerous trap. I mean, I get it. I've, I've definitely been there. It's going to increase your spend over time. It's going to reduce your efficiency. And equally as dangerous, it's going to totally impede your innovation. So instead of doing that, try to get in the habit of letting your technology roadmap drive your IT budgets. And then just some additional guidance from a budgeting standpoint to make it more effective. First is get your IT management involved and empower them. Let them own their own P&Ls. It's going to help with spend because they're closer to the technology. And then the added bonus is it gives them a sense of ownership and pride. As an example, as a CIO, I tried to make sure my directors and managers totally own their functions and treated them like their own businesses, which again, helps with the culture. Equally as important, it optimizes operations and they learn new skills as IT managers. But you know, again, make sure that they're educated appropriately because they may not have the tools they need to succeed. They may not understand financial management. They may not understand how to even read a P&L. So make sure that you give them that education as they need to. And obviously we can help on the purchasing education side, the kind of the procurement process, which is just as helpful. Next is managing the surprises. So we're not talking about the kind of the million dollar network upgrade that suddenly shows up on the CFO's desk. What we're talking about is that stuff happens. You know, pricing is going to fluctuate. Projects may get added. Look at what we're currently going through with the COVID crisis. Knowing you can't scrap a lot of those items, kind of take the easy way out and just say we're not going to do them. You have to be prepared. So on one hand, that's where VPS can help greatly by either helping to achieve more savings or recovering money to fund those surprises because they're going to happen. And this includes, like I said, a lot of the pop-up spend that we're seeing out of this crisis. So we're adding plexiglass on the gaming side, cleaner, HVAC enhancements, touchless technology. The other stuff I talked about with digital transformation, whether it's telehealth or distance education, I would assume a lot of that was purchased pretty quickly and most likely at a premium. So there's money on the table there for both recovery and for savings and continued spend. And then lastly is the plan ahead for bad times. When I would budget strategize, I would immediately do, it's kind of a pessimistic way to look at things, but it helps in the long run. I would immediately do what I would call a five, 10, 15 exercise. And what that means is for both operating and capital. And what that means is right when my budget is ready to be sent based on my roadmap, I would think about how can I cut 5%, how can I cut 10, how can I cut 15? And obviously the numbers are kind of arbitrary. But what that means is using our scoring, our strategy, and what other levers we have in place to plan ahead of time, it allows us to quickly reprioritize when these unforeseen circumstances happen. And the examples of the levers could be it's typically we're going to cut conferences, we're going to cut education, we're going to cut um, travel, whatever it is. Instead, take a look at things like your maintenance levels and, and can you temporarily pause them or change them? Can you reforecast projects? You know, there's a whole host of things that you can look at to help plan. And again, the negotiating side could be a little tricky from a vendor management standpoint. And we're going to cover that later as well as kind of how we can help. And then vendor management, and it's exactly what's there. You know, in essence, it's creating a center of excellence or a focal point for managing your vendors, your contracts, and all the associated relationships. I will tell you that being a customer of VPS and now working on this side, my entire view of vendor management has changed. I thought I understood and appreciated it, but VPS really taught me a lot about the nuances within it. How and when to talk to vendors how to engage them how to measure their performance you know and overall the importance of having an effective vendor management strategy and the risk of not doing it so while i had run vmos before i was totally oblivious to a lot of these other factors once i formalized it with vps's help all my vendor relationships got healthier my processes became more efficient and ultimately all associated it costs were improved so just covering some keys of an effective vendor management strategy. Again, given the nuance of it, it really does require dedicated focus and skills, so you need to assign uh, needed resource. Ultimately, you'll want a point person internally, and then give them access to a team or some kind of external resource. You could, for a larger tribe or a larger organization, you can combine it into the broader procurement or corporate function. Just make sure that there's a person inside of that group that has some of these skills. Most importantly, from an IT standpoint, that they understand the IT ecosystem. On that point, one question that I get is, uh, why can't my subject matter experts or my project managers just handle vendor management? You know, it seems to be a, a logical relationship. There's a couple of reasons why you don't want to do that. One is your subject matter experts and your project managers can get too close to the vendor, which is going to hurt your pricing. Two is, you know, honestly, they're, they're hired for a completely different skill set than what's listed here, and you want them to remain focused. And third, quite frankly, a lot of them aren't going to be versed at it, at this vendor management process. And again, it's very complex. So instead of detracting from their other focuses, best to assign it to a point person. So these are some of the things that they would be doing kind of within the vendor management process. As you can see, they'll have a lot on their plate. So like I said, it would be great if they could have a team or just give them some kind of external resource to rely on to help with a lot of this. Alternatively, you could certainly engage with a group like VPS, take the highly complex and nuanced stuff off their plate, like contract negotiation, vendor engagement performance, which eliminates the overhead and ensures that again, those complex items are left to the experts. But as you can see, there's still a lot to focus on for that internal point person. Regardless of that strategy, the main point here is that it's a very complex function. It needs specific skills, has a lot of associated responsibility and accountability. So take the time up front, figure out an effective approach. The next one, again, it might seem kind of straightforward, but I think a lot of companies miss this part and that's documenting exactly what you're looking for in a vendor. And the easiest way to do that is just simply by creating an IT vendor checklist. This is critical because this is going to be basically the lens that you're using to A, select new vendors, and then B, evaluate your existing vendor portfolio on an ongoing basis. These are just some examples. This is going to be very specific to your tribal organization. Yeah, obviously that there might be some crossover, but just going through a couple of them, you know, business value. Are you selecting vendors that really provide business value or are they just selling wares? So, you know, do they fit into your strategy? Cultural fit. Does your vendor share the same goals as you or no? Cybersecurity and privacy requirements, which it's hard to believe, but even to this day, I see a lot of that missed from a vendor checklist standpoint, because we get so focused on the threats internally. The vendor, a lot of times, depending on what they're providing, could pose just as big of a threat to your organization on the outside. So make sure that they're meeting all of your cybersecurity, all of your privacy and compliance requirements, and so on. You could see that the sample list here develop it, document it, publish it, and then obviously make it an iterative process So go back and update it when necessary. Pull out this checklist every time you make a move with a vendor. And then very similar to what we talked about earlier from a monitor and measure standpoint with a couple of the other topics, with your procurement governance and your vendor management strategy in place, make sure you monitor and measure. And there's really two parts to that. First side is on the vendor and partner side. Develop KPIs somewhat based on the, your service level agreements, based some of it on the checklist that we just talked about. Think about your agreement terms and whatever else you need to measure their performance. And again, we can help you uh, define some of those. Then use vendor scorecards with these KPIs to track their performance. One thing to note on that, so there's a bunch of great scorecard templates available to download, in most cases for free. Just keep in mind, a lot of them are very technically focused. And what you want here is a focus on the procurement and spend side for the vendor. Obviously, you know, kind of looped in with, with some other KPIs. We do have some good templates to use. And I could tell you, we adopted that in my last position. Our VMO handled this process with the help of EPS. They provided the scorecard. So they provided a lot of the input from a vendor standpoint. And then on a monthly basis, we would update our scorecard and review them as a group. As part of that performance measurement, when those vendors are not performing, make sure to proactively engage them. Just keeping in mind kind of the whole nuance behind vendor engagement, but make sure they know what they're doing wrong and try to get them to remediate it. And if they still don't perform, you know, by all means, look elsewhere, you know, there's a ton of competition out there for just about every IT function. And I'll take it a step further and say this, a lot of IT leaders and companies are kind of afraid to do or kind of gun shy about adopt a proactive evaluation and refresh cycle. You should be constantly looking at your vendor and your solution portfolio. Because while long-term relationships are good, it's also healthy to shop and see what else is out there. Because at the end of the day, you need to look out for your tribe's best interests. Again, when you evaluate them, just make sure to use that vendor lens. Keep all those kind of underlying nuances of vendor engagement in mind. And if you're going to do that, and certainly if you need help, you know, it's better to engage us early on in that process rather than late. On a similar note, contract management. Monitor and measure your contracts. A lot of companies will go into auto drive mode with contracts when you really should be continuously monitoring them. So it's things like minding your auto renewals. You know, while generally auto renewals are fine, sometimes those can be opportunities to refresh or renegotiate, especially based on how they're written. Use this contract review. Use it as an opportunity to right-size contracts. At one point in time, someone may have over-architected because you were sold on more than you need you were sold on extra licenses, you were sold on platinum support when you could have got away with silver support. This is the time, use this process to help manage it out. And then something that I would do is set SLA-based performance conditions based on those contracts. And again, during this contract review, it's a good time to work them in if, if you're gonna rewrite the agreements, which basically means you're gonna negotiate penalties if they don't live up to the terms, monetary penalties. While it's not always effective, you're not always gonna get agreement at a minimum, It's telling the vendor how serious you are about them living up to expectations. The last piece on vendor management, arguably the most important piece, is relationships. You need healthy relationships with your vendors, especially since so many of them are going to be with you for the long haul. Sometimes IT leaders, and again, I was guilty of this at one time, feels that the onus is on the vendors to keep things straight. But quite frankly, it's a two-way street. Vendor relationship management is is totally a two-way street. Both sides need to be held accountable for maintaining the relationship and all the things that go into that relationship. One important note on that, though, is just keep in mind that it's a very complex and nuanced process. And let me explain that a little bit more, because I know I've said that a bunch of times throughout this webinar. There is an inherent conflict of interest between manufacturers, vendors, and us as customers. So when you take a step back and think about it, manufacturers and suppliers get paid based on the revenue from selling to the resellers and the value-added resellers. Resellers, in turn, will get paid based on revenue from selling to you as customers, And then you as the customer, meanwhile, you're seeking the best price for the technology that you purchase on behalf of the tribe, you know, in your best interest. So it's a matter of being skilled and understanding that nuance and then being able to manage through that conflict. I'm gonna hand it off to my colleague, John Torres, for an overview of how virtual procurement services helps our, our current tribal gaming clients to reduce and recover their IT spend.
2: Thank you, Fred. And hello to all the attendees. As uh, Chuck had introduced me, I am the VP for service delivery focused on VPS's gaming and hospitality clients. It's my pleasure to give you this overview of who we are and what we do. For those of you who are not already familiar with VPS, we're a company of 40 plus professionals founded by our CEO, Scott Robbins, back in 2009. And over the past decade, we've earned over 400 clients with healthcare being our largest vertical, the next highest concentration across tribal gaming and hospitality, which is, as I said earlier, is who my team of service delivery directors focuses on. So in terms of what we do, VPS exists to provide two core services. We recover money already spent in and around IT, and we reduce the cost of net new technology purchases. As an added value to our clients, Fred and his team provide guidance on best practices for optimizing their procurement processes around IT. And our service delivery team hosts education sessions to help them manage their existing and new vendor relationships more effectively. While our traditional focus has been in and around the data center, we have also successfully achieved savings in other non-IT areas, such as gaming systems, cash recycling systems, OS&E, FF&E, and on the healthcare side, medical devices and equipment. There are two things that enable us to reduce our clients' IT spend and recover the money they've already spent. First, we've built a predictive analytic tool, our Virtual Vendor Index, or VVI, that measures the fully burdened cost for most of the pieces and parts that make up a data center. And two, by leveraging our deep experience with technology sales ecosystems, we've developed proprietary processes that give us real-time insight into the various vendor pricing programs, discount tools, and compensation models, which helps us reduce our client spend to the true cost that we have identified. Our VVI, which is embedded algorithms that analyze data from over 20 publicly available sources that are continuously updated, is unique to VPS and the cost metrics it derives are a key game changer. As importantly, our proprietary processes equip us to achieve those identified savings while maintaining, if not enhancing, all existing vendor relationships, which Fred mentioned earlier how important they are. In concert with our core tools, our technical advisory services provide senior level insight into additional opportunities to optimize spend, and our education sessions better inform the IT stakeholders on how to properly interface with their vendors, which helps us help them. What does VPS charge? Well, we employ a gain share model, so we only charge fees for calculated savings that we tangibly achieve. If we don't achieve savings, or you elect to not have us engage, there is no charge and no risk for using our services and you still benefit from knowing the premium that you may be paying. For VPS clients, our technology advisory services, as Fred mentioned several times, are included with our spend reduction and spend recovery services, which could help us assist with much of what Fred discussed today. And in terms of does it work, well, in our experience so far of over a decade being in business, we have earned over 400 customers for whom we've saved about a half a billion dollars and the typical savings on average is about 15%. To put that in a more granular light, that would be about typically 18 to 25% for capital transactions, and about 10 to 15% on the operational spend. And we also recover money already spent, and again, that depends on the facts and circumstances at that particular point in time.
0: You can be innovative in achieving your organization's cost goals. Don't just blindly cut the usuals, take a different route. Look at your budget differently and consider a new solution to transform and meet the challenges of your organization. You can watch the entire webinar that was presented by VPS by visiting our TribalWise website located at tribalhub.com or just shoot me an email and I can also send it to you that way. My email is michelleb at tribalhub.com. We'll also have the links in our show notes. Thank you guys for listening today. I really hope you reach out to VPS. I guarantee that you will not be disappointed. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and connect with us on social media by searching Travel Hub on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Have a great day, everyone.